you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Friday, y'all. It's our time to come and to have these candid conversations. To be uplifted, to be edified, to be empowered, to be empowered, to be educated, all the good that we can live in purpose and purpose. Amen. So, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Purity After Time Security Podcast. I'm your host, Renee. I'm actually doing something a little different today. I have um, my earbuds, um, so carefully that my voice comes across clear. Um, carefully that there's no um, technical difficulties or issues with the sound. Um, carefully, you guys can also hear the song that I'm playing in the background. It's CC1, it's never lost. Um, because to be honest, I'm going to finish it after me, y'all. Uh, we just don't keep it all the way um, 100 today. I had this whole big idea coming into the podcast up until today. Like, it's titled, Peace Will Overcome Us. Because I was just, like, stuck in my spirit earlier in the week when I part of it got, like, you know, really to um, dissect what that word overcome means. How does that apply to us as women? How does that apply to us as women in, uh, in Christ, right? And what does that really look like? And, and how, what does that look like when you, when the Bible says you're an overcomer, but you don't feel like an overcomer, right? And so I just kind of had all these ideas and, you know, this um, strategy that I was going to go down and use to kind of really unpack that. But today, being specific, as you know, if you have been a little listener, um, you know, we keep it very hot, honest, open, and transparent here on the Beauty of the Summer Beauty Podcast. So I would, I would really, really miss if I got on here and pretended like I wanted to talk about overcoming. <laughs> it's our moment, you know. Um, and so listening to this thing, this song called Never Lost by Sissy Wines, it's really for me, y'all. I pray that it's really encouraging to you too. It's so cute, so you can see it in your own time. Um, because sometimes you just need to be reminded that. God has never lost a battle. No matter how difficult your situation is and your circumstances, how much you feel like you're lost or feel like some kind of way you lost, you feel like, you know, maybe you've been forsaken or deserted or rejected or abandoned. Um, maybe you just feel like you've just been overlooked right by God. He's not hearing you. He's not speaking. So sometimes we just have to be reminded that it doesn't have to look the way we think it should look. It doesn't have to feel the way we think it should feel. That doesn't take away from the fact that God has never lost a battle. He is victorious, right? He is undefeated, like he is over. I mean, he just won every single battle. There is nothing that he has not the, um, overcome. There's nothing he has, you know, not been victorious with. And we are victorious in Christ Jesus. So we run alongside Christ Jesus as an overcomer and and in victory, but it don't always feel like that. And honestly, that is not always the outcome. If we look at our situation from our natural perspective, so I'm just going to be getting into it here really, really soon because I'm just ready to share my heart today. And so, you know, so I was just going to have a candid conversation. I'm just going to really um, just testify, you know, to where I am in this moment. And carefully, it encourages you, carefully, it empowers you, carefully, you know, that you get uplifted, carefully, that you can be strengthened to go along and continue on in your journey, right? Because that's what this is, it's a journey. And I think a lot of times when we become a Christian and believer, you know, and we begin to lay down our will, the will that we have, um, have the picture 
of our own life of what we thought it should look like or even what we were striving for. And we begin to lay that down and surrender that to the Lord and decide to take up his will like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, is there any way that this cup can pass from me? Nevertheless, right? So we always come to that at that fork in the road like Jesus did in that moment that nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And that is really a part of the journey as a believer. And sometimes some of us are called to different aspects of that. It looks different. Maybe it's more weighty. And some people, you know, it may appear that they didn't have to do that because we just don't have the best understanding of God's mind and how he works and relates to all of us as individuals. But everything, because we're one body, is still just working together to prepare us for really the the true um, promise, which is to for Christ to return and for us to be raptured and, and for us to go and be and reign with him uh, for a thousand years and really be um, in eternity with um, with Jesus and the Father, right? That's the true promise. However, we're here in this earth, right? We're in this earth. We're in this world. We in this re- we're in this reality. We're on this side of eternity. And in that, that comes with trials, tribulations, storms, injustice, right? Wickedness, violence. We see it all around us all the time. There's darkness. There's evil. You know, there's chaos everywhere. And so we are in this world, but we're not of this world. But yet and still, we sometimes are impacted by this world. And so how do we navigate that, right? And so uh, without further ado, again, I just want to welcome you all to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. I am your host, Janelle Renee. I want to welcome to all my first time listeners. Thank you so much. Please like, comment, share. You guys can interact with me. If you're um, ever able to jump on the live, you're able to comment. Um, there are going to be times where I will um, allow um, call-ins and you'll be able to call in and speak directly um, right onto the podcast live and you'll be able to give your input, your comment, um, your wisdom, however the Lord leads you. And so um, I'm so excited to communicate and connect with you. Also, you can leave a comment, um, just talk about how, you know, the the episode has blessed you, how the podcast overall has blessed you, um, just anything you can take away from it. And you can always share, share with um, your local, uh, with your community, with your followers, with people that you know, you can always send it in a text message, um, you know, email, whatever that looks like for you. So don't be afraid to um, share, 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 because sometimes maybe it's not for you. Maybe you're not experiencing something in the moment, but maybe you know someone who is and know that everything that we go through and I had to just be reminded today um, in a meeting that I had earlier that everything we go through is not always for us, right? So sometimes we come across some information, sometimes we come across some content, and we think to ourselves, well, this doesn't apply to me, or maybe I'm not, that's not the season I'm in, that's not my experience. But then if you really sit back and think, well, do you know someone? Because maybe that person don't have the access to get the information, so maybe you're the bridge, right? You're the one God wants to use to connect to someone else. So don't be afraid to share. And then also for my loyal listeners, hey girl, hey, how are you? I'm so, so happy and excited to just have you all just continue to support the podcast, to support the platform, to support me. It is truly a blessing. I don't take it lightly or for granted. It's what fuels me and keeps me um, to continue to get on here to do this, what I'm doing. And it's not always easy. I'm just, I have to fight just like you guys have to fight. I have to press just like you guys have to press. I have to do it even when I don't feel like it, just like you have 
to too. So know that, yes, it may sound good when I come on here, I may can speak and I may can deliver. I can make orate, you know, I may can um, announce and pronounce things. I can maybe, you know, deliver something um, and it sounds very intellectual or sounds very anointed. But it's not always that. On the back end, what you guys don't see is the warring. On the back end, what you guys don't see, you know, is the, the pressure and is the, you know, the tribulation and, the, and it's all of the things that I have to battle with within my personal life, you know, spiritually and all of that. And I have to do that just to come on here a lot of the time. So I want you to know, A, you're not alone, but I also want you to know that your support matters. Like, don't think it's just, oh, I'm just listening to this podcast, just listening to this content. No, it matters. Every new subscriber, every new download, it really encourages me and empowers me because you know how that enemy gets in your mind. He get in my mind too, sis. You up in there like you ain't making no difference. Don't nobody care. You know, nobody want to hear you. You ain't got nothing to say. You you know, you ain't got that much followers, listeners, whatever. And so in order for me to continue to take captive, right? What does the Bible tells us to take captive of those thoughts? What does that even mean? That means you have to, in that moment, you have to hold that thought captive. It's like you got to grab it and you got to hold it. And then you have to cast it down, right? And that means you have to put it out your mind and then you need to replace it with what is true and what God said about you. So, you know, I have to do it just like y'all. And I want y'all to understand that I am in the same on the same journey, running the same race. It may look different. My position may be different. My function may be different. Just like in our bodies, right? My fingers don't do the same thing as my toes do. My knee don't do the same thing as my elbow, right? My head ain't performing the same function, you know, as my abdomen. It's like every part of our body has a specific function. And that's how we all are in the totality in the body of Christ. We all have different functions. So with that being said, I just want to welcome everybody, y'all. <laughs> whether you're new, it's your first time, whether you have been rocking with us from the beginning, I thank you. I welcome you. I pray that God blesses you. I pray that this podcast continues to bless you, edify you, encourage you, uplift you for the glory of God. Amen. And so, y'all, I just was like, Lord, in my prayer time right um, before I got on the podcast, I was like, Lord, I just got to be honest because I cannot get on this podcast and put on a show. It's easy to do, right? And we sometimes we get good at it. You know how you can be going through a storm. You could be going through, you know, hell. You could be literally in the midst of the fire. And then you will go to church or you'll go somewhere and somebody will be like, hey, how are you? And you're going to be like, oh, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm blessed and highly favored. And even though you like theoretically, like in the grand scheme of things, yes, because that's what the word says. However, that's not your current situation. And I understand the idea of speak things that are not as though they are, right? And not to really give too much um, attention to what we're going through or what the quote unquote enemy may be doing. However, I think we do ourselves a disservice if we're not real and present in what we're going through in the moment, right? So for me, I was like, Lord, I don't feel like coming out here talking about an overcomer because right now I don't feel like an overcomer because right now I have a real life situation. Life is happening. And for me, right, I'm experiencing a fire. I'm experiencing the pressure of life. I'm experiencing the pressure of the anointing. And I think what a lot of people don't understand is you hear you hear about other people's gifts and talents, their anointing, their calling. You see them in their position. You see a pastor. You see a prophet. You see a person, and they got this ministry, or they got this platform, or they got this channel, they got this podcast, they got all these listeners, these followers. They get on there, they sound 
you know, great with these elaborate prayers and sayings and prophetic words and all of those things, right? And that stuff is great. But do you know the cost of that oil? <laughs> and that's the thing. That's the thing. We don't realize what a person had to endure in order to produce that kind of oil. And anybody who knows anything about oil, you know that olive oil is created in that olive press. And so in, when you think about that olive, when it goes into that press, that thing is crushed. Right. It's crushed beyond repair. It's crushed because it's now changing state. There's a there's a chemical transaction that's taking place in there. That thing is no longer going to be that fruit or vegetable. I don't know what an olive is. Right. But it's no longer going to be like that food. Now it's getting turned into something else and it has a whole new purpose. Right. So now you're not just eating an olive. Now you're using this oil and that oil can be used to do so many things. That oil can be medicinal. That oil can be anointing oil. That oil can be used to be like to um, fuel a lantern. That oil can be used to anoint. Right. So that oil, when it changes composition, it begins to take on a new meaning and a new purpose. But it can't do that unless it's crushed. And so a lot of times we don't understand the higher the call, the more you're crushed. So when you begin to walk in your anointing, you're walking with God, you're going deeper, you know your purpose, he's revealing it to you, you begin to, you, you're beginning to agree with him, right? Amos 3 and 3, how can two walk together unless they agree, right? Well, not only does God reveal you your purpose, now you have to agree with him like, yes, Lord, that is who I am. I received that. That is my purpose. I want what you want for my life. And for me, I had to do that. Like a lot of us do. And what that looked like was I had to give up what, what I thought was for my life. I had to give up careers. I had to give up a lot of things because those things were not a part of my purpose. Right now, he can use them because Romans 8, 28 tell us that all things work together. But it still wasn't my purpose. So he had to, of course, direct me. And that meant I had to give up those things that were familiar or those things that I had invested a lot of time and money in or those things that were comfortable. And so when you do that, we have to realize the moment you really start walking with God and you begin to go in that deep place and he begins to reveal things to you and you begin to really develop that relationship, that in and of itself is going to come with warfare. And it's not to scare nobody and it's not to glorify the enemy, but it's the reality of this walk. We are going to go through trial and tribulation. Jesus said so. We're going to have storms, right? We're going to be persecuted. We are going, you know, be, they're going to hate us because they first hated him. But do we really understand what that means? And do we really understand that everything is not the enemy, that everything is not someone, you know, coming against us or God forsaken us, that sometimes things is just life. Life just happens. We live in a fallen world. Everything isn't fair. But we know with God that we overcome any and all situations. We know that we are victorious. We know that even if we have to get thrown into the fire, he's with us. But that doesn't mean we won't get into the fire. And this life brings all of that. And then the moment you really understand that you're anointed, you're appointed, you're destined, you're predestined. You know, once you really understand that you have an assignment and God created you to do something specific in the earth and you begin to walk that thing out. It seemed like that fire gets seven times hotter. <laughs> it seemed like that fire gets seven times hotter. And so for me, 
here recently, I just really began to, you know, allow God to do a lot of course direction. And he's been doing a lot of work in my heart and in my soul. He's been revealing things. You know, he's been really, you know, I'm doing a lot of internal work in me. Right. And then I've been getting revelation. I've been walking in areas of obedience that I never walked before. You know, I've been really seeking him on another level. And a lot of times, at least for me, I'm going to speak for me. Because I know that I'm doing what I believe God is telling me to do. And because I know that I am being obedient, right? The Bible says when you're willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. I don't know about you, but for me, I thought like things is about to go, you know, like I'm about to experience this good in this land, right? I felt like I was about to see the blessing of the Lord that make rich and ask no sorrow. Like these, everything was about to just turn around in my favor because I'm like, Lord, I'm doing what you called me to do. But the, the truth and the reality is the more that I walk in obedience, the more that I walk in humility, the more that I'm walking in love, the more that I'm walking in forgiveness, right? The more that I'm being molded and shaped more and more like Christ, not to brag and boast in myself because I can't boast in nothing but in Christ, right? Because without him, I am nothing but filthy rags. My righteousness is that filthy rags, no matter what. But the moment you begin to truly seek after God and live out the word, you have to know that there is going to be opposition. And so what, where I am right now, I'm in that place where that opposition has just intensified. And it was so unexpected because I had an expectation, like a lot of us do, that because I'm literally in this in this new space, in this new place, the Bible says we go from faith to faith, right? I'm in another dimension of faith. I'm trusting God on new levels. I'm stepping out in faith. I'm doing things, you know, I'm creating things. I'm building things, right? I'm starting things. I'm doing all these things for God. You know, I'm going back and I'm making things right. When I got to all with somebody i'm going to you know work that thing out and i'm releasing and forgiving people who have hurt me where i've been holding the fence in my heart like i'm doing all these things because i know that this is what i'm called to do as a believer and i'm like but lord where are you why does it feel like the more that i'm doing for you why does it feel like the more that i am obeying the more that i am trusting the more that i am living this life and trying to pattern after the 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 image of christ that it seemed like life is falling apart if i'm honest it feel like life is falling apart it feel like somebody just pulled the the bottom out from under me and i'm like hold on lord this is not what it's supposed to look like but really who am i to say it's not what it's supposed to look like so i told the lord like lord i can't get on today's podcast and i can't pretend like all like because all is well all is well because we have to have faith and trust and believe that God is not a man that he shall lie, right? That God is not going to fail. His word is not going to return to him void. That, that no matter what it looks like, that he is going to come through for you, that he is going to answer that prayer, that he is going to come and turn your situation around. you got to stand on that truth and that faith, even if everything around you is saying something else. It's like, whose report do you believe? And so for me, I'm like, as a leader, you know, um, as one who, you know, serves in a leadership position, as one who is called to leadership, you know, what I've started to notice is as I was being squeezed by the pressure of life, what started coming out of me was not faith. <laughs> Come on, somebody. How many of us know that it's so easy to talk the talk, 
but it's not, it's something different to walk the walk. And it's not to say that you're faithless. It's not to say that you don't believe, but when you are being squeezed, when the pressure is on and your back is against the wall, what's really in you is what begins to come out. And as I understand, and even though there's no real understanding of God and his mind, because his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher. But as I begin to get a piece of understanding of this process he has me in, a lot of times he allows this pressure to come because he's trying to reveal to you what's in your heart because see, he already knows. So what I started to see about me, and I don't know about you all, if you can relate, but what I noticed about me is I'm great. Like I have faith. It's, it's great faith in certain areas, right? You know, I know the word. I can trust God for the miraculous and for, you know, for the impossible in certain areas. But when it comes to my like finances and when it comes to my livelihood, it's like for some reason, I didn't even realize it. So I'm in this place that there is still something in me that don't fully trust God. And so instead of faith coming out of me as I'm being squeezed and I'm in this press, what has been coming out is fear. What has been coming out is doubt. What the Lord began to reveal to me is that I still had abandonment issues. I'm still dealing with mommy wounds. I'm dealing with daddy wounds. I inadvertently am dismissed projecting the experiences that I've had with my natural parents on God. So there's a part of me that believes God is going to abandon me. There's a part of me that that believes that God is going to disappoint me. Don't disappoint me. Even though I have seen him move mountains, even though I have seen the miraculous, even though I know and all of my family know and most of my close friends and people who have heard my testimony know that I've had several near-death experiences and I'm alive talking to you today. I've overcome extreme, extreme challenges. I have gone through things that most people might not make it through and I'm still here with my right mind most of the time, with love in my heart with faith, with trust, with belief. However, there's an area of my life that maybe I wasn't conscious to, aware of. And the Lord wants me to see what's there because when anytime God is allowing you to be in the press and you begin to respond in that place and whatever comes out, if it's not faith, if it's not the word, if it's not trust, then God wants to show you you so he can help you remove that because you can't have faith and fear at the same time, right? It's faith over fear. And so what I began to notice is like, wow, I'm talking more doubt than I am faith. I'm, I'm in more fear. I'm being tormented. Like, come on, like we just, I'm just a very honest person and transparent because how can, how can the word in Revelations 12 11 be true when it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and did not love their lives unto the death, right? So how can I truly help someone else overcome who may be going through the same thing or who may hear this podcast in their uh, appointed time and they are going through that thing? If I get on here and I pretend like everything is cookie canes to rainbows 
and make it seem like this Christian life is is everything is easy, everything gonna go your way, you ain't gonna go through nothing, all this, you know, you're only gonna be happy and full of joy. You never gonna question, you never gonna doubt, you never gonna fail, you never gonna be in the fire. If I get on here and pretend that I'm not doing anybody a disservice, and they ain't gonna better overcome. So when I think of overcomer, I think of even in the midst of our low place, you still an overcomer. Because I've had to minister to people close to me who are going through extreme challenges and difficulties in their life. Right as I'm in the midst of mine. And for some reason, I didn't even notice it until today I was in a meeting and I was telling someone about it. And I didn't even realize it to that moment. I'm like, Lord, that's so interesting how I was able to pivot so quickly when it came to me being able to be a, to minister to someone else, to encourage them, to speak life into them, to give them direction and wisdom and all of these things for their situation, even though I'm in the midst of my own fire. Because in that moment, I took my eyes off of me. And I took my eyes off of my fire and I began to see that they needed help. And so now I, I was in a position where I could do one of two things. I could either get into the into their water and, and, and get into their pity party and we could just have us a pity party together. We could have just been wallowing, wallowing in all of our despair. Or I could have made a decision like, nope, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to give you a lifeline. I'm going to testify to you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you the word. I'm going to tell about my God. And I'm going to begin to be put in remembrance of every time he's brought me out before. I'm going to be able to give you my testimony so you can overcome. In, in, in that moment, it wasn't even a thought. Like it just happened. But it's funny how God will allow you to get in situations that, yes, you may begin to be he might begin to reveal to you that, yeah, you may have something in, inside, something in your heart that may needs he needs to still, you know, purge out. But he'll also begin to continue to cultivate your your purpose and your identity in the process. And it's just so amazing how he's able to do all of these things at the same time. When to me, I feel like everything is falling apart. I feel like the I don't hear God. I don't sense him. I feel like I don't know if he's going to come through. Like I'm scared. You know, I don't know what to do. I'm doing all of these things that I think I can do and I'm not seeing no results. And I'm like, Lord, where are you? And I'm focused on that. My focus has been on my situation. My situation is dire. I have a need, Lord. I have a family. I have children that are dependent on me. If something don't happen, you know, we're, how are we going to survive? How are we going to eat? Because come on now. See, it's something about when you really have to, you got to know God as Jehovah Jireh for real. <laughs> it's all good when you got a job. It's all good when you got money in the bank. It's all good when you got that person that you can go to when you're in a pinch and you know that you can count on them to, to you know, help you out financially. It's all good then. <laughs> but it's a whole nother story when you ain't got nothing. When your bank account is saying zero and your bank, your your bills and livelihood is saying X amount of dollars and you and there's a big deficit and you ain't got no job. And, and you ain't got no other sources of income and you ain't got no spouse and you don't have no family members or no friends you can go to for financial help. Then you really got to say, what do I really believe? Is God Jehovah Jireh? 
Is God going to provide all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus? Is the Lord my shepherd and I shall not want? Right? Do you really believe God going to provide a ram in the bush? If y'all want my honest answer, if I got to be totally honest, I didn't. And if I'm really, really honest, I'm still vacillating right now. Because there's something about when you really have to get out the boat. <laughs> we talk about Peter because he they saw Jesus. And first they like, wait, hold on. This is the ghost. Yes, I do leave my contacts in the description box. I will um, put it in the chat here in a few minutes. But I absolutely can give you that. But, you know, they first seen Jesus because that's how it is. But sometimes we just on this journey. And we just kind of trying to figure it out. And we get in a boat with the Lord. The moment you get saved, you're in that boat. Like, <laughs> period. You get saved, you're in the boat. You're in the boat. And Jesus is in that boat. And you, and then everything all good in the beginning, right? Everything peaceable, all is well. You feeling good. You encouraged. You just gave your life to Christ. You filled with the Holy Spirit. You are experiencing the love of Christ. It's just all good. Then that storm comes. <laughs> that storms start raging, right? And then next thing you know, we become like those disciples who have been walking with Jesus. Like they had a different perspective. They knew him in a way we don't know him now. Yes, we have ex we we have an experience they didn't have, and they didn't get it until Pentecost. We are filled with Christ, and we are one with him, and seated in heavenly places. Right. But they were able to like have a tangible relationship with him. They saw him. They talked with him. They ate with him. They drank with him. They prayed with him. They slept with him. And it did not matter. The moment that boat got to rocking, they like master, get up or we going to die. And we we as these uh, believers in this day and age and we, we read the Bible because you got to know they didn't really. Yeah, they had the Torah. Right. They had the law. But as far as the Bible in which we know it and how we read it, they was living it in the moment. <laughs> they they didn't have a reference to go look back to, right? They lived in it. That what they what their real life was in that moment became what we know as the Bible, the gospels, the epistles, right? The New Testament. And so they didn't have a reference, but yet and still they knew Jesus on an intimate level and they seen him feed the 5,000. They seen him raise the dead. They seen him cast out demons. They seen him heal the sick. But yet and still, it was something about being in that boat with the same savior in it right with them, with the same one that they saw perform all the miracles with their own eyes. When that boat got to rocking and that storm got to raging, what came out of those disciples? Fear. They were scared. <laughs> they were scared for their life. And that is really what we go through as believers even today. And Jesus is still got the same response as he had to them. Oh, ye of little faith, why do you doubt? It's the same thing. And then that's when he began to have to show us instead of faith coming out in those moments, that's what he's building us up to because we're going to continually have those in the boat moments, in the storm moments, in the fire moments. That's going to happen until we are reigning in heaven, right? As long as we're in this earth, 
prayerfully, we will all like to pray it away. Realistically, it's going to happen. We're going to be tested. You know, we're going to go through some things. But he's wanting to build us up so much so in relationship with him and knowing his voice, knowing his character, knowing him to be faithful, knowing him to be provider, knowing him to be savior, knowing him to be healer, knowing to him to be your banner, knowing him to be your righteousness, knowing him to be your salvation, knowing that you know that you know that you know. So even in the midst of the fire, you can be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, my God is able to deliver me out of this. But even if he don't, I'm still not bowing to fear. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord, really? Is that how you feel? Because I was like one of those, I'm over here panicking, okay? I'm trying to wake him up. Like, you got to get up right now because my situation is a right now situation. Like, I need you to come and do something like yesterday. Like this storm is raging. This is a violent storm. This ain't the average storm. This is a violent storm that is one of them storms that can take your life. So I'm like, I'm panicking. And what's coming out of me is doubt, is fear. And the Lord is like, no, daughter. Just like he'll say, no, son, I want to get that out of you. Because your per his perfect love casts out all fear. And Jesus, I love the way he responds to even the most of chaotic circumstances. And he just, I could just imagine how he was just, his demeanor and his posture, just looking at them like, oh, yeah, little faith. Like, is he, in his mind, he's like, do you not understand who's in the boat with you? Come on. Do you not understand who is in the boat with you? Why are your eyes on the storm when your eyes need to be on Who's in the boat with you? And so now that I am in the midst of this same storm, right? What's not going to happen first is God's not going to cause the storm to be to cease. He's not going to cause the storm to be still. What he's going to do is he's going to cause me to change my perspective. <laughs> Y'all, seriously, if you walk in this life and you've been knowing God even for two seconds, you understand that the way he do things seems so counterintuitive to what we think makes sense in our minds. For me, if I feel like in order to have peace, my situation needs to change. Like in order for me to have peace, I need this storm to stop raging. And God is like, no daughter, in order for you to have peace, I need you to put your eyes on me and have peace in the midst of the storm to have peace that surpasses all understanding, to have peace even though you're in the fire, to have peace even though you don't know how it's going to work out, have peace even though you don't know where the finances going to come from, have peace even though you feel like you have, it is not your power, it's not your might. But that's why he said in Zechariah, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. But do we believe that? And it doesn't change the fact that you are an overcomer. Because you're an overcomer the moment you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. However, it doesn't mean that you're going to always feel like an overcomer. And to you, you may not look like an overcomer. But the moment that you continue to still stay in the boat, getting off the boat looks like, okay, I just give up. And I'm just going, you know, renounce my Christianity. I'm just not going to believe no more or I'm just going to just totally just fall into my dark pit and I'm just going to stay there. Like 
when Job was in his moment, his wife said, curse God and die. And he like, girl, woman, you talking crazy. Can I not receive the blessing from God and not also receive his judgment? But see, that's what we have to get to. See, if he would have said, you know what, wife, you're right. I'm going to just curse God and die. He would have got out the boat. Sometimes I think we think we have to be in the situation perfectly. And that's not what God is looking for. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for what we believe. Because the Bible says all things are possible for those who believe. Jesus told Martha and Mary when it came to Lazarus. And I love that story because when I was studying it some months ago, it was just some little nuggets in that story that the Lord was really highlighting for me that I, and I've read the story many times as, as most of us have, right? It's such a familiar story, the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. But I had to read it in a new way because that's what we have to do even as we're reading the word, especially for those of us who may have may have been studying the word for years. You may have read it cover to cover from Genesis to Revelation. Maybe you're a minister. Maybe you're, you know, a seminary theology, um, theologian school. You know, maybe you're just a Bible scholar and you get so familiar with the text. But the word is so multifaceted. It's so many dimensions to one scripture that you could read the same scripture over and over and over and over and over and get another revelation and another revelation and another revelation. And so it was just certain things that stuck out to me when I was reading that story. And I thought it was interesting that it starts off talking about how Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus, that he loved them. But yet and still, when he got the message that Lazarus was sick, because imagine this, Lazarus wasn't dead when Jesus got the message. And you know he didn't get a text message. <laughs> you know he didn't, nobody, you know, sent him a DM. You got to really be, put yourself in the culture and the time. Like they, they have a messenger that's literally on, on foot or having to get on a donkey or something to get from point A to B. And that could take months, weeks days, whatever, right? And so it's interesting because when you really study that text out, it's like when the message was released, Lazarus was only sick. But it's possible that by the time the message actually got to Jesus, Lazarus was already dead. And I came to that conclusion because when Jesus got the message, number one, it said he stayed two more days where he was. And I said, Lord, that don't make sense to me. Because if I love someone, then I get word they sick, I'm, I'm, I'm down on the spot. I'm on it. Like, I'm going because I love you. But I'm like, he loved them. And it says that more than once in the text. But then it says he got the message and he stayed two more days. And then he tells his disciples, okay, now it's time to go. We have to go because our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. So that's how you know by the time Jesus left, Lazarus was dead because if you understand with that, with those words falling asleep meant, it meant he died. And I'm like, Lord. And then the disciples is like, well, because they, again, it's, it's the perspective. It's the mindset shift. They're like, well, if he asleep, he's going to wake up. He's going to be cool. We don't got to go back there. We don't, you know, we don't need to go to Bethany. And he like, look, now nah, he dead. Like the situation is, is he dead. And sometimes our situation it's bad to us, but God look at it and he like, hmm, your situation is just sick right now. I don't need you to see me as your healer no more. 
I'm not coming just to heal your situation. I'm coming to resurrect your situation. So when Jesus even began to go on his way, and again, you got to know it was a journey. It took him time. He They on foot. They walking. They ain't getting in a car, a taxi, a lift. They ain't get there expediently. So that that's why by the time he get there, not only had Lazarus been dead, he had been dead four days. But Jesus had to go at the right moment with the right set of circumstances. So yes, your situation may seem dire. Yes, it may seem like if God don't do something right now, it's gonna die. And God is up there in heaven looking down like, yes, I needed to die. I need your self-reliance to die. I need your independence to die. I need you dependent on man and a, a job and a position and an opportunity and all of these other things other than me, I need that to die. So when I come, I'm not coming to heal a situation that you already created. I came to resurrect the situation that I'm created because I need you to know that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I need you to know, like he said, didn't I tell you that if you just believe that you will see the glory of God, God wants to glorify himself in your situation. So if that means your situation has to die, he's willing to take that. If that means he has to delay his coming to answer you, then he's going to do that. Does that mean, you know, he has to allow you to experience something difficult? He's going to do it. Why? Because he knows that when he comes at the appointed time, he is going to change your very life. And even to the point where Jesus, before he got the lat, when he got to Lazarus, and he seen the state of everybody. He seen how everybody was sad and crying and grieving and welling. You know, he seen he could experience the pain because you remember it said Lazarus was his friend. And it said he loved Lazarus and he loved Mary and Martha. They were his friends. And so then we see that Jesus had emotion. He wept. And I think that sometimes, at least for me, I think God is so distant that I forgot that Jesus came in the form of man. That means he put on the flesh. That means even though God may not have, and I believe God has emotion because we see the way he responds in the New Testament, I mean, in the Old Testament, but Jesus experienced exactly the same type of emotions we experience. And we know that based on how we see the journey of his life. And even in that moment, he knew he was coming to resurrect Lazarus, but he still was present in the fact that he was grieved, he was saddened by the death of his friend to the point he wept. So do we believe that we serve a God who is so in tune with our circumstances, our situation, that he understands how we feel, that we don't have to try to be these super Christians and disconnect from the emotion of the hardship that we're experiencing, the grief, the loss, you know, the, the pressure of, uh, of all of this weight on our shoulders. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying in spite of all that, he needs us to believe that he is able. He needs us to believe 
that he is going to come. He needs us to believe that he's not leaving nor forsaking us. Even if he's delaying his coming, it's not to punish us. It is because he is wanting to do exceeding abundantly. It's because he's not just wanting to heal your situation. He wants to resurrect it. And he wants to be the only one who can get the glory. Because if you know anything, just about, you know, the process of death and what how our bodies begin to decompose and break down and all of those things that happen when you die. By the time Lazarus, when he got to Lazarus and they're like, he's been there for days. Jesus like roll away in the stone because that's the kind of God we serve to a situation that seems like it's done. There's no hope. And that's how I feel in my situation today. If I'm honest, I'm like, Lord, there if if you don't come through like right now or tomorrow like if if there's any more time that you take to come my whole situation is just over and that's how i feel and so they like roll away the stone no he's stinking he's been there four days like his body is decomposing you know he is already going through the process you know where his body is breaking down where his flesh is breaking down there is no signs of life Come on, somebody, this is a word. And just because to you, the situation don't look like it have a sign of life does not mean God cannot come and resurrect it. It don't matter how many days past the due date. It don't matter how many days past the time where you really thought you needed God to show up. Mary and Martha thought they needed God to show up probably a week or two before he did. They like, if you would have been here, if you would have been here, if you would have been here, Lord, my brother wouldn't have died. If you wouldn't have been here, if you would have been here, you would have saved them. And that's how I am. I'm like, Lord, if you would have just came through earlier, Lord, if you would have just blessed me last month, if you just would have opened the door, if you just would have been open the opportunity last month, last year, then I wouldn't be over here trying to keep myself from losing my mind and crying my eyes out because I don't know how me and my children about to survive because I don't know how we're going to keep a roof over our head because I don't know how our needs is going to be met. Lord, if you would have came. And he's like, if I would have came then, you would have continued to know me on the same level and have the same level of faith. Because when we understand that the greater the miracle, the greater the faith that be is built. Because now when you see, can you imagine all of those people who saw Lazarus who was in this grave, the stone was over it. He was in there four days. He begins thinking they knew he was dead, dead. He wasn't dead for 12 hours where it's possible that he could have came back alive. He wasn't dead, you know, for one day. He was dead four days. That meant it was no way in human ability that he could have came back alive. Can you imagine the people who were around in that moment and watched this miracle? Can you even imagine Mary and Martha's faith? Lazarus, come on now. This man woke up and probably didn't know he was dead until he woke up and they got to telling him like, do you realize that you're a walking miracle? That now your entire life is a miracle? That everywhere you go, that people will know that you were raised from the dead, that the Lord brought you out of your grave? You might be in a grave today. I know I feel like I'm in one. You might be in a grave, but the grave could not hold him down. And there is no grave that can hold you down, no matter what your situation is. And again, I'm preaching to myself. 
because I am in this too. I understand what it's like to feel like you're forsaken by God. I understand what it's like to feel like you're doing everything possible. You're obeyed, you're being obedient, you're following God, you're following the instructions, you're living right, you're living holy, you're serving, you're doing everything. But it seems like no matter what you do, life is happening. Like things is falling apart. Your prayers ain't getting answered. You're dealing with warfare. You're being tormented in your mind. You're going through. I know what that's like. Because I'm going through it right now. But it's all a part of the process. It's all a part of the process of and the way God needs to develop you and, and to strengthen your faith muscles and to get you to know him on another level, to increase your faith. So now you don't have to just call on the God who can heal a situation when somebody else's situation is dead or is looking dead. You are able then to use your faith to put on their situation to bring forth a miracle to say, if God resurrected my situation, I know he can resurrect yours because see, God is raising us up to be in this end time army and we're going to see and experience some things that we've never seen and experienced in history of humanity if you know what the word says about these times that we are in and all of the things that are going to happen if we are falling apart if, if we are breaking down if we're losing faith because we're experiencing a little bit of opposition because we're experiencing you know a little bit of warfare or because you know life is not going the way we expected what is really going to happen when we really tried and tested what's really going to happen if somebody come and say if you either you're going to take this mark or you're going to die if somebody you know what i mean what's really going to happen because there are already fellow brothers and sisters right now living in countries and territories and places where that's their reality they're dying for this thing they're being martyred, modern day. They gotta hide. They gotta be underground in China. They gotta be underground in a lot of places. They caught with a Bible, they can go to jail. They could die. Over in some of these other countries where the religion is, you know, is, is Muslim, if they are found to be a Christian, literally they would go and get taken out to the middle of the city and get shot. And so if our faith is not built up in our Lord, to where we are able to overcome and withstand the trials and tribulations, the fiery dart of the enemy. That's what the shield of faith is for. When it tells us in Ephesians 6, and it's talking about that whole armor, the purpose of your shield of faith is to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. If your faith is weak, those fiery darts are going to penetrate. And so the Lord has to build us up and yes, it may hurt. It's going to. And the higher you, you're called, the more anointed you are, the more you go through. The more difficult the challenges, the more difficult and intense the warfare because of the call. It's not warring against you as a person. It's warring against the word over your life. The enemy's not, he's not concerned about us as people. He's concerned about ever knowing the identity and the purpose and the assignment in our life and to dare to walk that out because that's the threat to him. Not in and of ourselves, not even just because we receive Christ, but when you begin to know God and know who you are and know your identity and know your purpose and you begin to align and start walking that out, 
then that's when he's like, oh, no, this is a threat right here. Oh, no, we got to try to get this person off their game. Oh, no, we got to try to take that person out. Oh, no, we got to try to overwhelm that person. Oh, no, we need to try to torment that person. Oh, no, we need to try to, you know, come in and, and bring some kind of opposition against that person. But see, why does God allow it? He allows it because he will use good for, he'll use what was said that what was meant for evil, God meant for good. So he'll allow the enemy like he did with Job. He allowed the enemy to test Job, not because he was angry at Job, not because Job was unrighteous. It said Job was righteous in all the earth at that time because he understood it was time for Job to elevate. It was time for Job to transition into another level. And so he allowed Satan to test Job. But what Satan couldn't do was take his life. So you may ask yourself, like I do sometimes, why am I still here? And especially if I'm going through all of these extreme trial and tribulation, Job probably asked himself that too. Why am I still here? I didn't got these boils. My children didn't die. You all done lost my wealth and my riches. You know, all kind of calamity has happened to me. My wife has lost her mind. She has told me to curse God and die. You know, I ain't did nothing wrong. I don't understand why this is happening to me. You know, I am being afflicted on every side. Why am I still here? Because just like with Job, the Lord may allow the enemy to come test you, to, to try to, to try to build you up, but he won't let the enemy take your life. That's why maybe one of your counterparts or somebody you know or heard of didn't make it through it. Because when you have God on your side, it does not matter what you lose. It don't matter how deep you go. It doesn't matter the hardships, the pit. It doesn't matter the prison. None of that matters. When God is with you, you still going to make it to the palace. You still going to make it to your destination. Even the word had to try Joseph. It tell us in what Psalm was it 105 that the word tested Joseph until the time of his prediction came true. What is the prophetic words that have been spoken over you that came from God? What is the dream? See, Joseph was a dreamer and see, it was those dreams that got him in that position where he, he was, first of all, the favor on his life is what got him hated by his brothers and they got envious. Sometimes you just favored for no reason. You just the one. You just the one everybody like. You just the one where you seem like things just go good for. You just the one that seems like, you know, God answer your prayers immediately. You just got favor. And sometimes that favor make people, it get make creates envy. See, and then Joseph, he was favored by his father. And then he's a dreamer. He got these dreams. And these dreams are saying that they going to bow down to him. So it's really like you, first of all, you think you are that because dad didn't get you a special coat. And we obviously, we know you the favorite. But now you want to tell us that we're going to bow down to you? No, bro. We don't. We hate you. And we about to set you up. And we're going to put you. And we're going to try to get you sold. Or we're going to try to kill you. But that was what God allowed because like Joseph, and I was just reading his this story yesterday, what Joseph told his brothers when he finally revealed his identity, and he told them not to be afraid. He said, don't be afraid. Like, I'm not going to seek revenge on you because, see, God needed me to go ahead so I can bring deliverance and, and sustenance and a great deliverance to you. Because God knew all the many years later, 
after Joseph had these dreams that there was going to be a famine so severe in the land that he it was he was going to be needed to be in position so when he finally got reunited with his brothers and his families that now he was going to be the one who was going to be able that God was going to use to to bring provision and sustenance and, and they were favored because then they got to go into the land of Goshen the Pharaoh gave them the best of the land Pharaoh gave them all kind of you know uh things wagons and um food and and clothing and and silver and all this stuff to go back to go get their family he told them get everybody get your whole family because see that's when you call when you're the anointed one in your family when you're the one that god is trying to use to bring deliverance and see the favor on you is going to begin to overflow on them and yes it may be that they was the ones that turned their back on you yes it may be they were the one that rejected you yes it may be like they were the ones you know who afflicted you or persecuted you but as believers we have to forgive and Joseph was able to have a perspective shift. He's like, oh, it's not about you. It's not about y'all. It's about where I'm at right now. This is where I was always supposed to be. I was always supposed to be secondhand to Pharaoh. I was always supposed to be over his entire household and all of the land of Egypt. I was always supposed to be the one that had the solution who could interpret his dream. I was always supposed to be the one that was going to have a strategy to store up all the grain for the first seven years. So when the seven... Um, I did. I put my email. I put my email in the comments. So when the when the second seven years came and we was gonna be and it was gonna be a famine so severe that everything nothing was gonna bear to survive. That he had the answer. It all worked together for the good. And so no, it don't feel good. It does not feel good. Yeah, I put it in there. Let me put it in there again. It does not feel good. This is my email. You can email me. And we can connect that way. Um, it doesn't feel good when you're going through it. It doesn't feel good when you're being tried. It doesn't feel good when you're being tested. It doesn't feel good when God is developing you because sometimes that means we have to go through these life-altering, life-changing experiences. Sometimes that means we got to lose some things. Sometimes that means some people going to hate us and we're going to be persecuted and ostracized and cast down and cast away, right? Sometimes it means that we're going to be mistreated just because of who we are and the calling on our life. Sometimes is going to mean that sometimes it's going to mean that we're going to experience extreme opposition and extreme you know circumstances extreme you know um financial crisis extreme health crisis extreme you know relational crisis whatever it may look like because god is going to use all of that to develop you into the overcomer that he has already called you to be and so it all works together. And sometimes we have to know that what God really is wanting for us in the moment when we feel like all is lost and we are wanting him to change our situation. He's not wanting to change our situation yet if he ain't changed it. He wants us to change our perspective. He wants us to change our mindset so we can even be in the boat and this can be a violent storm and we have peace that surpasses all understanding because we trust and we know and we know that we know that our God is able. And even though this boat is a rocking, he's in there with us. And then that's maybe when he'll change the situation. But when we continue, and I'm speaking for myself, to magnify the situation, when we continue to magnify the storm, we, we begin to get like Peter and we begin to sink. We begin to sink. 
And so I don't know about you, but I'm tired of seeking. Amen. And so I'm like, Lord, I need you to help me change my perspective. Lord, I need you to reveal to me what's really in my heart. And if it's not edifying to you, if it's not glorifying to you, please help me to remove it. Help me to release it. Help me to heal. Like I said, he revealed to me that I had some still some abandonment issues and I still had some mother and father wounds that I thought that I was truly healed from that began to resurface as I was in this situation, as this pressure began to really, truly come down on me, I begin to act out of a place of fear, fear of abandonment, fear of, you know, being left alone, fear, you know, of being disappointed, fear, you know, of, you know, the worst of the worst of my, what could happen in my situation. Instead of being in faith, instead of continuing to just uh, speak the word only, instead of me continuing to be in a posture of prayer and praise and, and thanksgiving and worship and just thanking God for what I do have. Because the truth is today, I got a roof over my head. The truth is today we have food in our table and in our refrigerator today we blessed and we blessed every day amen but when we start taking our eyes off them today that's why i think the bible says we're not supposed to worry about tomorrow for it has its, its own troubles who can by worrying add another hair to their head amen so that's why it's like focus on today you blessed today you got what you need today your bills is paid today. You got a roof over your head today. You got food on your table today. You got gas in your car today. You got a get you got a car out there in the driveway today. You got health today. You know what I mean? So you got a little money in the bank today. It may not be enough to cover everything you got to do. But don't worry about that. Thank him for what you got today. Take your mind off your situation and begin to put it back on him. And you sometimes it's just a press. It's not going to come easy and it's not natural. Again, it's supernatural. That's why we got to have the power of the Holy Spirit to help us, to empower us. You can't do it in your flesh. You can't do it in your in your own strength. You have to do it in the in the power of God because it is not our human nature, right? But it is possible. And you are an overcomer. So I hope that today's episode blessed you. Um, it seems like the Lord had a lot to say. And I know it blessed me because, again, I'm living this out um, in front of you right now. And that's why I wanted to be truly honest about where I am, because maybe it can help and encourage someone else who may be experiencing the same or will experience it in the future. Just know that God is not doing anything to you. It's all working for your good. It's always for you. Anything you don't have in the, in the moment is not what you need. And I know that's difficult to hear or that's not what we want to hear but the truth is god supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory in christ jesus so if there is something that you need right now maybe you don't really need it maybe you think you need it and it's always um, an opportunity for us to go reevaluate you know what we how we're looking at our circumstances or why do we think we need that right because god is always teaching and so again, I pray it bless you. Um, I pray that the Lord blesses you and keep you. I pray that the Lord will make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you and grant you his peace. Um, until next time, just know that your past does not define you. It develops you and you are worthy.